You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Techie Leadership Show. Today with us we have Christian Goods. He's the co-founder and CEO of at Hive MQ. Hive MQ is helping enterprises like BMW, Liberty Global, Audi, Deutsche Telekom to move data from connected Internet of Things devices effortlessly to the cloud. Christian has been involved in enterprise software development since 2008 and in the Internet of Things since 2011. He has built HiveMQ from the ground towards a seven-figure revenue business employing 32 people without external funding. Christian has spoken at numerous industry conferences and written articles about Internet of Things architecture. When he isn't working on growing HiveMQ, he enjoys reading, running, and spending time in nature. Hello, Christian, and welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Our pleasure. Likewise. (laughs) Would you like to add a little bit more about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I really, so, so my, my business journey has really been very interesting. We started um, building software, basically my, my entire uh, professional career. Uh, I built software starting out from university. So we founded um, DC Square, the original company, while still being at the university and then built, um, started building on it and then ha- came HiveMQ out of it, which we're kind of working on the last five, six years now. And currently is uh, one of the leading technologies to help customers uh, to connect their IT devices, which uh, is awesome. And yeah, really for, for myself, I always have been kind of an avid reader, reading a lot of stuff, learning learning along the way, self-teaching uh, a lot of things uh, I have learned along the way and happy to share some of these kind of lessons I learned today and looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, uh, we're really interested on the leadership side of building tech companies and what it means in leading technical people. Oh yeah. So let's take it from the top. What is the biggest leadership success story you witnessed personally? Yeah, so this is a hard one. So <laughs> I, had to, <laughs> I had to think a lot about this. Um, especially, I think if I if I will remove the person I witnessed, I'm personally very inspired by what currently Elon Musk is doing with Tesla and uh, SpaceX. I think this is great leadership style he's showing there, really inspiring people, engineers, whatever, to work on a mission to go to Mars and so on. I think this is a example that first came to mind, but um, on a more kind of personal level or what I directly um, experience, I think is. What we are seeing now, also inside HiveMQ, I think it really is interesting because when we started out, let's say six, seven, eight years ago, Internet of Things was not really a topic. It was just starting out. And I think we we kind of now gathered around, uh, around 30, 32 people that kind of want to work with us and help us to kind of grow, grow the company. And uh, my co-founder and me, Dominic, you're kind of you're very passionate about this, and I think it's really interesting to see over the time we have attracted a lot of good people of talent. We have also our kind of content we put out on our thought leadership content. People have kind of consumed a lot, and we're getting a lot of let's say inbound marketing traffic, which you have, have never kind of um, kind of thought before that this would happen. We just wrote content, and people are kind of inspired and kind of saying, "Hey, wow, this is what we need." 
And for us, it was really a surprise to see just when you have a, a passion, just go out with it. And then people just come and follow you and say, hey, we want to learn more. It was really awesome to kind of see um, what, what came out of this. And this is kind of the most personal story I could think of because I kind of spent my, my entire professional career, the last uh, eight years building kind of this business. And it was really interesting to see how we started out as, as a, uh, a three-man show and now have kind, kind of 30 people. And just people are always, when we hire for new positions, people are really, really also passionate. They want to join our, our team to, to kind of make this, this world a better, better place. And this is, I think, is great great to see and i really like like i could have never imagined this at the beginning of course we always had big visions and big dreams but just uh, seeing how all unfolded was really really cool to see and how has passion impacted your leadership style did it make it better did it uh, create problems being passionate sometimes yeah i think this is this is an interesting interesting question i think it's both so especially for starting a business, passion is, is a must-have. If you don't have passion, I think it, it won't last for long to, to kind of overcome the long hours, to overcome some um, uh, setbacks and so on. I think passion is so important. But I think as, as, as much as the company grow, grows, passion or emotional attachment to something can also hinder uh, kind of the growth of the company. So it's kind of detaching a little bit. Of course, passion i think is always is always there but just being a little bit more detached from things and let also the people um you hire kind of do their best and do their job is i think is very important uh, because they also have passion they also bring in their their own kind of new uh way of maybe doing things and just letting them uh do it and letting them um do it their way kind of is very important i think and it has been a learning experience for me as well because as a kind of uh yeah, a founder, you have at the beginning you have to do everything by yourself, but uh, on and on you hire people that can do things better than, than, than myself or, or my co-founder self. So, and this is an interesting, interesting uh, kind of transformation I, I really struggle with, but I think nowadays it's, it's working quite well. We have a good team and good people on board. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's like you have your baby and you love him to death, like your business, and then you bring other people and say, they also want to adopt the baby and basically become uh, its parents. And it, it's hard. Parents, <laughs> it it yeah. can be hard. Yeah, but I think it's the only way to grow. And I think this is always so what my my passion or what my uh, ambition is to really build a, a bigger business out of it as we are now. And I think the only way to get there is kind of to let other people come in and, and help us out. So it's not something you can just, I can just do on my own. I think this is something I knew from the beginning. Yes, you're right. So at, always at this point, you are you have to kind of let go of things, but otherwise, stuff is not moving forward. And this is like, important to always kind of keep growing, keep going in the next steps, and especially I think learning as um, not only learning how to kind of to grow the team, but also to grow personally. I think one of the biggest things is to grow as a professional, as a like personal development. I think is one of the key leadership skills each leader should have otherwise i think it's not going anywhere yeah and do you consider like personal development as a way to basically rein in a little your passion and direct it so it's actually beneficial for the business 
Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's it's a, a lot of about about mindset. Uh, it's about how to to handle new situations, how to think bigger, to build new models of of the business of the world, on how to kind of yeah make building the next for example management management level inside the company, um, letting go of of things I was attached to, letting go of beliefs of things I I had towards employees leadership towards any kind of topic that comes up basically the ability also to reflect about my own behavior about uh, the company as a whole and then just always keep keep growing that if you had to go back six years and speak to you before you started the company could you convince yourself about what is necessary would you actually believe the things that uh, you would need to change about yourself, about your perspective, how you deal with people, how you interact, how you work. So, so how do you mean that? If, if I can convince myself, do you think? Do you mean if I do, would do it again, or do, or do you mean like? No, if 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 you like go back in time and you have to do a presentation to your old self okay, yeah. that that just started the company. This is what's gonna happen. And tell him this is what's gonna happen. This is how you're gonna change. Would he believe you, or would he say, Ah, this guy's crazy, man. He's talking crazy. <laughs> you might say I'm talking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's good. that my... means you grew a lot that means you grew a lot you changed a yeah. lot that's good yeah so i think starting out i think having 10 people was a big stretch when we started out and now having 30 people i think is we never we could never be of course we imagined being this but actually making it real is a, is a different story and i think now this is kind of also helped me uh, learning uh, to get to the next step is always seeing if you can do more and the next step is possible when you just, just want it, have the right tools, the right, um, also mentors, of course, and also kind of are, are willing to, to reflect on yourself. And this is the, the key things. Yeah. I must say, I don't know what's with IoT, but there's lots of people with passion because we, oh, had, yeah. we had Sergio uh, recently on our show and he's also from IT and he's in Italy. And, and he was so passionate about IoT. He came on the show despite the fact that his English isn't the most stellar, but because of his passion, of his desire to get his message out, he came on the show and we had like an amazing... Amazing uh, episode. Amazing episode with Sergio. And I see like in IoT, I think there's a lot of passionate people, it seems. Yeah. I think it's a, a future technology which can kind of helping the end industry so what we see so we started out as kind of um doing a lot of let's say as i said about technical um technical um content marketing this is why how we got a lot of uh, over the last five years we got kind of um inbound requests from all kind of industries it's really interesting to see where we are not let's say a vertical focused companies so or we help kind of any or we, of course we focus on verticals for going forward but we could in the future add a lot of more verticals and it's just so interesting to see what people are trying to build out there it's really uh, cool cool stuff what iot and these technologies kind of enable people to do and to to make to make things better yeah in a way it is the future because you want your physical devices to be interconnected and if possible have the same interface or have like a remote control for for the whole house and everything all, all the devices that you have basically yeah. and, and it and it all started with the telephone <laughs> yeah. 
first yeah, universal internet connected device. Yeah, what's, what's really interesting is about, about IoT in the last couple of years, it's changing a lot. So the consumer base, so everybody knows about the IoT stuff, maybe the connected uh, toothbrush or smart home and so on. But actually the, the, let's say the enterprise part is growing a, a lot faster now. So let's say industrial IoT, um, all these kind of business applications, they, they grow rapidly. I think they, they, grow, they grew six times more than, no, they grew six times in the last six years. And consumer-based IoT only grew two times. Of the, oh. So this is like the enterprise stuff is really kind of catching up because consumer IoT has been bigger uh, until now, but enterprise has now catched up. And I think they will rapidly um, go increase and go far, far, far uh, wider or far bigger than, than everything else. So I think the, the hidden value is kind of in, not in the shiny objects, but in the kind of boring IoT applications. In, like, in boring industries. Yeah, well, it makes yeah. sense that uh, the money-making industries would be willing to foot the bill for, for advancing technologies. Because if you think about it, if you can do a remote diag diag diagnosis uh, on your... Um, on your yeah. factory before you have to call in the very expensive engineer to fly in for two days and pay him. If but, the expensive engineer can do it from his home, yeah, he will be way happier. Faster, cheaper, happier. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. not necessarily cheaper, but just you cut the cost of having downtimes and having a well, person coming and wasting time. He can work on several plans then. Rather than taking up four days of his time, you only have to pay for one day. The actual yeah. day of yeah. Of, of labor yeah yeah definitely so and now that we sure. that we touched on that one on the flip side what is the biggest leadership failure that you have the you had the experience of witnessing yeah so this was not so so hard to think about think about <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to pick amongst them usually yeah yeah so this is an example not not from from our company but i i work with a lot of let's say medium and big enterprises and i think one of the, the the bigger things i've experienced is when the leader is absent so if you see we're working with with people and there is no real leader leading them or kind of giving their the the way forward it's really hard then to work with them because there is no common north star there is no common alignment then it's really hard to get get things uh, moving forward if you have if they don't have somebody to kind of show them the way you're just talking to different people, but nobody had, they don't have a, um, a common goal or something, which I found very hard to kind of work with. Uh, I am a person who like, likes to have a clear goal, a clear next steps on how to, what, what to work uh, towards, clear output, clear things um, in, in mind. But if the other side or the other people you're working with, they just are running around uh, as busy chickens <laughs> and nobody like, has this kind of, <laughs> yes. they want to move forward it's, it's kind of it's hard to go forward for me personally especially but i think also in general i think it's if a leader is absent and nobody's like um giving a clear direction to to uh, people in saying that work together i think it's really hard to make yeah to prog make progress on, on things yeah well it's hard to communicate with another organization if it uh, doesn't have an interface and usually yeah. that's what the leader is it's like the public interface of the organization you right. have to go through the leader to reach any and all um, personnel that's necessary for whatever services you need 
yeah. what what I find it interesting from what Christian is saying is that the businesses they're still going. Yeah. So you don't need leadership to maintain the status quo because people are used like what I have to do on a daily basis to keep things going. But if you want growth, uh, if you want change, change or, or anything that implies some stretching, you need leadership because it, it doesn't happen without uh, a leader present somewhere. Yeah. This kind of, uh, kind of uh, creates a lot of, let's say, uh, wasted time, um, a lot of effort without any kind of real outcome. So they think this is really hurting everybody involved. I think this is the, the problem. Well, you, you have to look at it at the bright side. The only time wasted was your time. The other leader didn't waste any time. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wasn't there. <laughs> But, uh, And he also got really good at politicking. Oh, yeah. But also, I think his people uh, might, might be wasting a bit of time. But yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's always, I think, the, yeah, it depends on how, how you look at it. Uh, but in general, I think it's it's not, I think we have, so we have, we and the other way, then we have common goals. So it's, we want to reach, but it's not kind of getting as, uh, as easy. That as makes it harder. Right? Instead of making it easier and have them, get the fruits of what you're proposing and you also and create like a beneficial uh, circumstances like they're going to be later on say like why didn't we do this like one year before this <laughs> like, yeah say, what can you say to that i was there i was trying <laughs> and also there's another it's, it's good later than never so it's better later than ever yeah. but there's also another benefit of uh, being able to to uh, interface with a leader of a company and i lived this on uh, in my own experience and andrei uh, lived this also if in any company if you go uh, and you have to do some work with i don't know whoever in the company if the ceo cto or any person in authority and leadership in that company makes the introduction and says hey bogdan has something for us or andrei has something for us that makes things so much faster Yeah. so much faster to suddenly you get to a yes or no really fast really fast you don't you you cut right through all the crap and go straight to to the desired result yeah definitely yeah as you have, you have to, if you have leadership buy-in that's that's then a very good thing because then everybody's like yeah sure this is awesome let's let's do it and then it gets bam 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 and then at the end of the day you have uh, everybody's happy or at least have some results That's definitely, yeah, I definitely agree. So this is, uh, but yeah. So that's why you need to have leadership inside the company and be present uh, yeah, and discuss. Uh, you have to deal with with how things are going. And I think also, I think it's uh, kind of, I think also it's kind of my, my uh, yeah, way of to try the best out of it and kind of um, play play my role and see what what comes out of it and kind of also make sure that we reach we can kind of together reach the common goal so to make the best out of it because you can't change other people you have to adapt to how they they are and what's what's the, the best to kind of reach the common goal and speaking about adapting and thinking about the way you focus your leadership what is your leadership philosophy so this is this is an interesting question uh, and uh, I also thinking about this a few every few months about how how I'm doing there because I think it's very important 
to understand what what goes on and how you kind of uh, yeah lead your people. And I think for me, one of the so it has definitely changed a lot the last couple of years from starting out and to now. So starting out was more like I was not really leading at the beginning. It was more like working together with uh, two three peers. And as we grew and grew and grew more, uh, it was more directive saying, hey guys, do this, do this, let's do this. Uh, more like like just saying, like giving, giving let's say, orders a little bit. But I, I noticed that when growing bigger, this is not the way to go. And nowadays it's, I see myself more as a kind of servant leader. So nowadays it's where people kind of, our engineers, our salespeople, our marketing people, they have more experience in what they do than, than I have. So I cannot kind of, kind of say, hey, let's do it this way, let's do it that way. Just kind of listen and help them best the best way possible to get their stuff done and to help the, the company goals. So this is, has been a real transformation for me and I'm still, let's say, in it to, to make sure this kind of is, goes through all the, the layers and in every conversation. But I think this is the, the key goal because nowadays we, we hire people that, that have very experienced, they know what they're doing. They have uh, done this for multiple years, uh, sometimes more than 10 years. They are way more, have way more experience. So my job is kind of to give them the context of our company, of our technology, to make sure they understand where we want to go. And then they do their best with their skills to bring us forward. And just to then to manage mm-hmm. or to lead them in the right way. So. And that's a really good insight about uh, server leadership because Usually here be a be a servant leader, but you don't you don't also get the side like when you when you hire people usually they have more experience than you than you would ever have in that domain. So that's why you just empower them and let them fly and do do their thing because they know better. On the flip side, it's it's a little harder to do like it's good still to do like server leadership, but if you're growing them internally and they have no skills and trying them to acquire skills then you, you need in a way to be a little more hands-on with them. So it's it, it's not like do servants leadership all the time. It's It depends on with what people you're working, what their career path has been, where they are now. So it's, it's a little give and take. And yeah, good insight. I was so, going to add on that. And I definitely going to say... Yeah, sorry. Go on. No, no, no please. Yeah, I think what what you just said is like, I think due to, I think that one of the key things which I think I also have um, had a misconception about is that I I lead the people as let's say I want to be led or I, how what my leadership style is, which I think that doesn't make any sense because a leader you have to be, have to have empathy towards the people and see how they need to need to be led. So if you have a junior oh, person, yes. there is no way yeah. you can just kind of say yeah let's do your thing here's your goal just run with it that's way more you know, coaching style to give them more direction yes. and so on regarding a, a way more experienced person who like say hey leave me alone just give me a target and i will deliver it for you yeah this is uh one of the misconceptions i also kind of uh ran into um a few years ago but and this is so important to understand it's not it's not uh, that it's what there is one style or one thing i always apply it's always um situational based and also based on the person of course Exactly. Yeah. You, you always 
you have to tailor in your way, uh, you as a leader have to tailor your leadership for each individual person you have in your organization uh, because they want different career paths, they want different stuff, they have different level of knowledge, uh, different situations at home. So it's, it's, it's not clear cut. And, and that's why you cannot be like, <laughs> like a machine, like the same stuff for everybody, bam, 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 no. It doesn't work. You're working with people. They're all different. A funny story I heard about that. Two friends that um, launched businesses at uh, different times in their life and uh, different fields. He, he asked his friend, listen, I know you had a lot of success. What did you do to, to, to boost morale in your company and to help your people? And uh, he said, like, you know what I did? I, I always had the best parties on Fridays took the people out, out drinking, partying, and this boosted morale. People were working a lot. And this guy said, yeah, that sounds like a plan. Didn't ask questions, tried it in his company and it flopped. Well, why did it flop? Well, the first guy only had very young employees. The second guy had, had young employees, had employees that were married, had employees with children. So it's, you don't have like a clear cut path for each and every business, even in the same business stuff that worked five years ago, if you have the same employees, will not work now. No. People grow. Yeah, everybody grows, new stuff, and so on. This is, is uh, interesting. You always have to adapt. Um, like it, this is also the, the fun part of building a company is to always adapt. It's never, never, never be the same, and it's never boring. So always, it's always never boring. Oh, boring! It's never boring. No. And look, if it becomes boring, it means your people aren't growing. Something yeah. is really wrong. <laughs> it's stagnating. Yeah. So, no, this is. Uh, I think also this is a. So I'm I'm curious by nature about things. I like to kind of structure things, find out how things work, and this is always interesting to, kind of. Uh, I see always a business also as what next things we need to build for it, in it, around it, for customers to make to make the next level and uh, to kind of can. You can have a bigger impact uh, on our, let's say, on our employees, of course, on our customers, on our partners, and so on. This is like the, the way to think and to learn, of course, along the journey. I think never stop learning. I think it's as in every, in every kind of. It doesn't matter where you where you work. What you do is like never stop learning. In our fast moving world, is the is the key. Yeah. It is. And that's one of the two ways you can actually grow a product. You hear it a lot in, in, um, in, um, in the world and entrepreneurs speaking that uh, first you need to lo localize a problem, find a problem, okay, and uh, generate a solution and then present that solution as a service or a product. But, uh, you know, some of the best, absolute greatest services and products ever created, they didn't start like that. It were people that were curious. They wanted to do stuff. They did stuff. They had good leaders that said, listen, we have a budget. Go wild. You invent something that you find interesting. Then afterwards, it's my job to find out how we monetize it. And uh, that's how we got a lot of cool. Like, that's how we got... Um, uh, graphical interfaces and photocopiers from uh, Xerox Park, in okay. the Paul Alto Research Center, because yeah. that wasn't part of the initial research of creating the internet. <laughs> but I think what what's interesting there is is uh, the one thing, of course, to invent something. But the other thing is, of course, always look what is what the customer really needs. I think what one of the things we also did early on in the in the journey is to build a product, and 
but based on, on, on customers. And we I think even we should even have then look more towards all the customers because if you build something you think is nice, that's one thing. But if you build something, actual customers pay for it, that's that's the, the real key. It, it's a little Again. it's a little dicey here because I like what Ford said. I was gonna Ford say said that. that if I would have gone to people ask them what they wanted when it comes to transportation, they would said faster horses. Faster horses. They won't so, say like, give me a car. Sometimes yeah, you, you, you need people that are crazy enough to risk all their life savings, their reputation, everything on a crazy idea. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't work well, nobody's going to know about you. <laughs> it's but, but I think to be smart about it. So yes. it's a, but if you, if, I'm not sure. The Ford story is pretty famous and, and uh, yeah, kind of it, it makes sense. But I'm not sure if, if Ford really knew there was a, a benefit, a real benefit for building cars, right? Because if he sees like, hey, um, if we can transport whatever goods from A to B faster, if we have cars and people will value this, he kind of understands what's going on. But if he just says like, ah, oh, let's build a car because this is super cool and sounds nice. Well, you know, he didn't invent the car. So this goes to my second, uh, second finding. So as you know, the, the first uh, internal combustion engine was by uh, Otto von Diesel. So it yeah. was made in conjunction with uh, Benz, the first, yeah. uh, first internal combustion engine. And before that, we had uh, steam-powered engines and uh, electrical cars. Actually, the first car was, they were electric. So Tesla is absolutely nothing new in the business. Just the battery is, is way more awesome today. So Ford, actually, he wasn't a trailblazer. Usually the first one that creates the industry, he bears the brunt of all the costs. And the second guy, if he, if he has very good funding, he takes all the glory. Yeah, and that Ford happens a lot. In a lot of fields. A lot of fields. Look at uh, your favorite search engine. It wasn't the first. Yeah. It wasn't the first, but because it built on the mistakes that were done by the first guys, it cut costs on the unnecessary stuff, invested only in the necessary stuff, and made so much money. Changed yeah. the world. Same thing also goes for McDonald's, right? So the, the brothers who, who built McDonald's, they kind of, the, I'm not sure what the other guy's name is, who came in and kind of made the whole business to, to a yeah. tremendous market. But I found a story about McDonald's, which is even more interesting. A, a year before, a guy went from New York, went to the restaurant on the West Coast to see it because he heard about it, saw the restaurant, convinced the brothers to sell him the franchise, went back to New York to his banking brother, tell him, I have these guys, I need, I don't know how much, $5,000 or something like that to buy the franchise for them. His brother said, who's going to buy burgers? <laughs> <laughs> and he never bought it. So... And then a year later, you have the whole story. Yeah, with, cr well, with well, Croc. Christmases and family get-togethers were really tough, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> from Five years later, when they read stories about the West Coast miracle, <laughs> revolutionizing yeah. the food industry in America, you idiot. <laughs> so there are but lots of stories like this. Yeah, but again, uh, coming back to kind of um, leadership or kind of personal development, I think even if you do this kind of um, this kind of let's say failures or let's say not so good decisions, I think the, the 
it's important to come back from these and not to make yourself kind of uh, go down for these, but saying, hey, yes, I made it and I made my decision and that was the next step for me. So maybe it hasn't. Exactly. It don't, don't let it get you down. Yeah. So because this can could be like a kind of a kind of a burnout case or you say, wow, I can't do this. Just just to reflect about what could could you do better next time? Maybe it was the right decision for 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 this guy, um, and just to say, hey, what's what is the the next step? Or what else can we do from it? So what else can we do? Or what, what, I, what did I learn from this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And since we're talking about um, people learning, learning and improving themselves, like for aspiring leaders, what would be the top three leadership tips you would have for them? Yeah, so I guess one thing we already covered pretty heavily is like is like learning and personal development. I think is the is the key. I think it's not only about kind of uh, growing professionally, like like having tools and techniques and stuff like this. Is the is the one part, yes. But I think the more interesting part is to grow um, as a person. Um, I think this this makes a lot of the, the character, the attributes, uh, how you behave, how you think. Um, how your mindset is, and this is key to to uh, to leadership and how you are perceived by others and how you want to be perceived, of course. Oh, uh, yes. this, this is something I I like. If you have asked, asked me like five, six, seven years ago, I would never, let's say, <laughs> um, said this. But over the years, I have been to a lot of. So I think I think entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur or as a leader is like one of the. The fast, uh, fast paths towards uh, personal growth, because either you grow oh, yeah. or you go down. So there is no, there is no other way. Uh, it's my personal. If not, your your business collapses because yeah. you have to grow with it. So yeah. what did you do to grow personally? So I read, I read a lot. Uh, I like to listen to podcasts. I like to have go to seminars. Um, just. Also to talk with other uh, inspiring persons, people. So also one of the reasons I, as I came to, to you guys here on the show is, I think it's so cool to to share opinions, to share experiences, and so on. To make sure um, you always learn something, and you always kind of can can help other people. And I have uh, listened to a lot of podcasts who helped me, and maybe hopefully I can also help um, people with my experiences so far. So I think this is. Uh, this this totally is is for is totally really my yeah. DNA and I also want to learn more, experience more. I think this year I think seminars and all the in person stuff I think it's is the most valuable stuff, which cannot happen so much because of the of the COVID situation. But yeah, yeah there's online a lot of possibilities too. So just uh, take what you can get. To. So number one is develop yourself and work on yourself. Learn. Two and three. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't have a real, a real, let's say, order. I think, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. But I think the other thing is I we also mentioned already is um, you should always, if you want to leading people, it should always not be about yourself. It should be about the people you lead. They should be very clear about um, who these are, who these people are, what what is, uh, what do they need from you as a leader. So how can you kind of give them the best uh, support? This is very important to kind of switch around the equation and not saying, okay, what do I need from them? Yes, it's also important. But if you give you give them um, what what they need, they can give you what you need. So this is kind of always this paying it forward uh, towards your, um, your followers, your employees, whoever, whoever, whoever it is. I think this is a very important point um, that I learned also hard uh, on my, my own. 
I understand. Yeah, and everybody learns. Usually, the best lessons that you get in life are the ones that you learn the hard way because they stick with you once you get yeah. them. Yeah, sometimes people say um, you should you should read more books or to to let's say avoid no. this. But some mistakes, I think, I also learned I have to make my own. I, I, I didn't believe uh, it's not the same feeling. It's just like reading. Ah, oh, yeah, makes sense. And then like three months later. Oh fuck! I just did the same thing I read like yeah the book, but but you have the solution. But that's you have the solution. That's, that's the advantage of reading. You know where to go look for the solution. You're you're yeah. not like, what do I do now? You're like you are, you have like an action plan because yeah. of it. And I, and I was gonna add that um, you yourself and a lot of people mention uh, learning and improving yourself and about different domains in your domain. Um, to anybody listening. Uh, the first part, getting the information, that's just half of the battle concerned learning. The second part is actually doing stuff. Because yes. if you just read a book and sit in bed and close your eyes and fantasize about uh, the experiences that were outlined in that book and you get a great idea, that's, that's well and good to make you fall asleep, but it will not have any impact on you. You, you have to, to act. Yeah, you have to go out and do stuff. When you do yeah. stuff then is when you 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 experience the realities of it yeah this is the saying which is very well known as knowledge is power which actually is not true actually execution and doing stuff this is this is real power and real impact because yeah. just knowing things doesn't really uh, get you much i think like wisdom is the key because wisdom is knowledge and action because they yeah. go to together somebody that had has the knowledge and did it and, and can, experience and, yeah. and the experience of it That's so fine. it's uh, and usually it's sometimes it's not pleasant getting the wisdom part <laughs> but it's necessary yeah it's a it's the price you have to pay to grow it's like yeah. pulling teeth yeah to having to having big success means you have to have setbacks there is no i think i always believe in like say things coming in cycles so sometimes you are down next day next uh, thing you're up and then only because you have this kind of balance or kind of um, two different things the good things are possible i think this is uh the, and one of the basic principles of life there is always a few if you think before you before it goes up it always will go a little bit more down and then you will uh, hopefully reach new heights well, well setbacks are very important because uh, it uh, gives us a frame of reference there was an episode i think it was in um, a very old tv show i forgot the name the twilight zone and it was about this gangster that uh, at the beginning of the episode he he died he didn't know he died he went to uh, what he thought was heaven and it was a casino. And every time he rolled the dice, he won the big slots. And anything he wanted came true. And he was very excited at first. And then he got bored out of his mind. And then he found out he wasn't in heaven. He was in hell. There was no challenge to anything. Yeah. So everything it was totally boring. It, it made He had no frame of reference for his, for his success. No reason to feel good about anything. Yeah. So the ups and downs, so long as it looks like the uh, stock market on a good year, it's up and down, but the continuous up, the trend is up. <laughs> the trend is continuously upwards. That's great. 
Okay, yeah. it doesn't have to be straight up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I think it's always just uh, looking back, saying, "Hey, where, do, where was I like one year ago of a company, and where where I am now?" So, is it, am I growing? Yes, great, awesome. Because in nowadays in our it's kind of Instagram, Facebook world where everybody kind of compares to other people to other things. It's, mm. it's not about that. It's more about what have you personally reached and where have you been like one year ago or one or one month ago, and just to see the small steps and then just. If you, if you, there's, I think this book called um, the one percentage, one percent uh, improvement or something. Where you, when you improve one yes. percent every day, that is awesome. There's like that, that, that is off the charts. That means you improve 365 percent every year. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, and it's hard to do one percent a day. Oh, it, sounds, yeah. it sounds a little, yeah. but the consistency of it and having one percent a day that. That story reminds me with with the chess guy, the guy who invented the chess piece. He says the king was so happy he wanted to reward him. So what do you want? I want you to give me on the uh, one grain of uh, yeah. wheat on the first board, two grains, and then multiply it. And it seemed reasonable. It's not. Yeah. So it's 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 a huge growth. Huge. Yeah, the, growth, the compounding something effect. to strive for. Yeah, yeah compounding. So is a, is a last speaking. Thing. Yeah, sorry. Go on. No. No, it's a third thing I think for for uh, for advice that I think is also one important thing is to always have this kind of north star or passion you have to kind of what drives you as a leader. I think this is very important. If you don't have this, otherwise it, that all the other things don't make any sense. So having one is one thing. To say, yes, there is what I where I want to achieve, or this something that's even greater than yourself. Should not be about the leader itself. It should be about the passion, the thing which is like um, driving everything. Well, yeah. Christian, I would agree with you about the North Star path, but uh, we have listeners in Australia and South Africa and uh, and uh, South America, and I think it's not fair for them to give them a North Star reference. <laughs> but they get the they get the idea. Have um, have like a pointer that uh, yeah. That no. sets your path, guides no. your path. One thing that I have like with passion is everybody expects it to be something big, something earth changing. They don't realize you can have like smaller passions that you can use as guidance. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to cure a disease off the face of the earth to say like, this is what you can have smaller passions that you can do like, like you, sometimes you have like for hobbies. Yeah. Something like that. It's not like when you do a hobby, I'm going doing this because it's going to change the world. Earth changing. No, you, you just like it and enjoy it a lot. Uh, and if you can find something that you have the same level of passion as like it's a hobby and you get paid, so it's not a hobby, even better. Yes. By the, sure. by the way, that's a great question to have on uh, to have to your uh, when you interview future employees. You ask, them, you ask them a lot of stuff and then closer to the end, you ask them what are their hobbies because what people do in their free time on their own dime with their own money shows what kind of person they really are. Yeah, so when we hire programmers or say engineers, if they, they don't say, hey, we program or I have built this game or whatever, they are, let's say, on a, on a, not on a good path for getting hired here. So <laughs> <laughs> Because I... I, I'm a computer scientist. I have studied um, computer science and now 
don't really program anymore since a couple of years. But I always had the passion no, the when I program stuff in my own time or, or do a small thing here. And if somebody doesn't do that, it's actually not really um, a good fit, I think, for, for programming or doing any engineering job. Yeah, that's true. Usually engineers, the good ones also have like side projects, something that they're fiddling with, doing on their time, uh, building something. Yeah, yeah. Or, or even, or even uh, practices. There's another guy that uh, didn't fit the picture. He was a great programmer, but his biggest hobby was fishing. And I found that weird. But then I found out anytime he was fishing, while the fish was looking for the bait, he was thinking about, uh, yeah. So for him, it was, he, basically, it was programming in a nicer environment. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. That's everything it was. No distractions, no uh, kids, dogs, neighbors, cars, just, you know, in enjoy zone. the scenery. Yeah, usually, if you get people that have passion, some hobby, something, maybe it's not related to what they're doing at work. They're more interesting as colleagues, and they bring that knowledge into the into what they're doing at work, and it enriches it. Because you can take metaphors or situations and that can be applied in different domains and give you like new insights of how to approach a, a problem situation. Mm. It's usually, so it always helps. They have more, more value people that have offices. Yeah, yeah. It's usually when a, when a field stagnates, it's the perfect time for people that worked in other domains to, to do a career switch into that field. And my best example is the guy... Um, he was a chronographer, so he made watches and he solved the biggest navigation problem for ships in 1760. He proposed that you should use a very good and very well-timed uh, watch to be able to uh, navigate longitude because that was a huge problem. And all the guys that worked in sailing, they were astronomers. They didn't know anything about well, he clocks. Had lots of problems with oh, he had a lot of problems, but... <laughs> It, it goes to show a field once it grows to a certain level you need fresh perspective fresh yeah. pain the way that's how that's how i like to say it fresh pain from this yeah. from other fields yeah definitely totally so i totally agree with that yeah. and christian since you said you worked a lot on yourself and read a lot what is the book that had the most profound impact on you yeah so i have i have uh, i think i brought three books so, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So one of the, I think most of my my own life, I think the book which I read the most times is um, from uh, Paolo Coelho, The Alchemist. Just kind yes. of. I think I read that one. No, I also read it. It's good. It's like a, it's a, it's a story. It's not like a technical book. It's a story, and I think. Oh yeah, I read that one. It's a t perfect book about. Um, mindset trust in yourself um, kind of follow your heart do this what you what you love and so on and this is kind of always when i'm kind of having a down downtime or something or like a, not a setback I, I i kind of catch myself putting it on audible or reading it again because it always <laughs> gives me kind of this this trust uh, in life and everything that everything will work out at the end if you kind of follow your own your own um, the signs, the, everything you think makes sense for you and feels good good for yourself. So everything this is like gives me back the despite being like a um, kind of a, a fictional novel. I think it gives me this 
yeah, grounding this believing in that life always or the universe always works out if you are doing stuff, if you believe in yourself, stuff will work out at the end. So this is a great book to read on the leadership end. I really like uh, Simon Sinek, Start With Why. So I think this is uh, interesting. So I, when I heard the concept the first time with this golden circle saying, you don't, most of the people communicate the, the what they do, but they don't communicate the why they're doing stuff. I was yeah. confused at the beginning, but then the examples he, do, he does and also thinking about things, it's really interesting and totally new way of thinking about business, which brings a new perspective in about why people are doing things. Again, what is the passion behind it? What is the reasoning behind it? And this, he has the done motivation. The, yeah, he has done this in yeah. a great, great way. His talks uh, on YouTube and so on, but also the books from uh, Simon Sinek are really great. I really love them. And as a last one, uh, I think this is also well known, uh, is from Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Yes, the I think classic. Most, yeah, classic. So most people think, The, the title suggests something about yeah, growing rich in terms of money. Yes, it's part of it. It's I think the big part, part of it. Yeah, the big the big part of it, I think, is just to imagine or be, be sure you you know what you want, and then at the end, uh, how you get it. I think this is basically imagining or let's say uh, creating everything anything in your life that you want to really have. And I think he, he has in the 1940s. I think this book was written. So he's really has a lot of wisdom, a lot of, let's say, also practical tips on how kind of you, uh, yeah, experience and make the, the best out of your life. Um, and this is, I think, a great, great inspiration for me. I also listened to a couple of times to reread stuff or listen to an audible to kind of remind myself what, what uh, mindset and what kind of beliefs are necessary to kind of uh, get where you want to be. Yeah, and I think he was the guy. Basically, he used to do so so much visualization, like from a bridge when he was younger, that he would be like in a Rolls Royce. Um, but because he was looking at uh, the water, it was when he actually <laughs> arrived at the point he had to put the Rolls Royce in in the ditch in some way to have it positions perfectly like it was in his vision rather uh, than on the so bridge. hanging off the bridge a little and all this just just to make it true so it's like i made it yeah <laughs> yeah great. So it's, it's great stuff so yeah it's cool all to see all the all the wisdom in books is available and then just to can use this this is like really really awesome um people have thought, thought about a lot of things And everybody can use this and kind of extract what they, what everybody needs, and then it just kind of applies it to the real world. This is, it's really always, it's interesting to see for anything. Let's say I, ca I came up with, let's say, a problem or something, there has been a solution. Just me, you know, need to find the solution because somebody has thought about it. And I have a, a pretty big kind of bookshelf. And normally, when I, I have a lot of books I already read, and a lot of books that are new I haven't, I haven't read. And normally when yes, I kind of am uh, confused about things and somehow I find a book and like, what is this? I never read this. I kind of open it and <laughs> it's exactly what I just need. So this is... Yeah. yeah. I love those coincidences. I don't know how they work, but they happen. I'm happy they happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's usually... Um, I, had, I had this discussion with another engineer. He said like... Um, I failed him at the interview. And I said, why? 
Well, he didn't know about X and Y. And I told him, listen, that specific knowledge, he doesn't need to, to know that on the fly. All he needs to know is that A, it, it exists, and two, where to look for it. Yes. If he knows those two things, why are why do you care about the, the specific knowledge? Yeah. That that's 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 what uh, engineers are. They, search engines. That's yeah, that, that's why we have search engines. Yeah. The, the the important part is to be able to recognize the correct answer. That's it. That that's all of it. Yeah. Which is hard, by the way. <laughs> it's yeah, very just, hard. Just to use, just you don't have to have everything. You can't. So nobody can have everything in, in his head. So it's always about yes. how to look, how you you have your kind of anchors of how to do things. So this is I mean, this is the experience I think. Um, you uh, people need to make sure if there is a problem looks like this ah, okay i've seen this problem i ask maybe person b or i look at this book yes. but to have all the solutions in, in the head is like, it's not possible it's impossible impossible and it was like in the medieval times the standard for intelligence was did, do you know the whole bible can you recite it by memory and that meant that you were intelligent but nowadays you have all the information at your fingertips. Now you're intelligent if you can recognize the solution to your problem and find it through the myriads of false positives and everything that you have out there. Yeah, yeah. it's um, actually being able to draw your own conclusions from incomplete data sets. Connecting the dots. So um, in our world, there's so much information, so much stuff. Nobody knows everything and uh, just to make best decisions uh, out of the data you have so yeah yeah because you know sometimes uh, other people want to make decisions for you my favorite article i won't name the city there were two articles from a very uh, famous uh, european city the first article in 2014 it was bragging about the public uh, source of water tap water how great it is okay and it listed the whole plethora of reasons and big scientists and blah, blah, blah. And four months later, uh, they wanted to talk about the, the increased use of uh, drugs in the city. And to make a point, they, pro they proved that uh, you can find trace amounts of cocaine and Vicodin in the tap water. Now, if you can find trace amounts, amounts of cocaine and Vicodin in the, in the tap water, what does that tell you about the first article about how great the tap water is? Yeah. <laughs> but not a lot of people draw the conclusion between both put of them. Two together. Put two and two together. Yeah, so. Yeah, interesting. Yes, it's always uh, so making the, the, the connecting the dots. I think this is the, the, key, the key skill. To make sure you to have a build up your own kind of picture of this complex world, which is simple and is easy to kind of follow. This is, I think, one of the the key things. Our, our world is getting more and more complex, um, and to make things easier, to to make it actionable, also for the team, for the the people in the company or or that that follow you, to make sure they have the it's it's easy for them and it's easy to kind of know what what's going on where to go what direction the company the whatever um community or tribe is heading towards the why you see tribe <laughs> he, he hit the nail on the head because that's what it is not yeah. quite a family but not quite a bunch of strangers so yeah. close-knit community
Yeah, and Christian, if people want to find out more about you, where should they go look? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm on LinkedIn and uh, Twitter. So I think you guys can put uh, the ones in the, in the show notes so people can just yeah. follow the links. Um, I think it's the best the best places to reach me. If anyone has questions, happy to to just reach out via LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, and, the- and remember to mention to Christian that, hey, I heard your episode. Uh, how are you? This way, this way, it's much friendlier than, you know, jumping out of hello <laughs> yeah so it gives you a common point and if you want to learn more about what we're doing with um, iot and high mq you can always go to www.hivemq.com hive mq like uh, h-i-v-e-m-q.com so that is uh, you can check this out uh, if you're interested and happy to um, yeah ask questions if you have uh, to just write me on these platforms yeah, so if you're interested in uh, in working in um, anything related with the Internet of Things, uh, rather than... Uh, or you have a plant. Or you have a plant. Or working for a big plant and you want it more technology. You want to upgrade it. Uh, I highly recommend you reach out to Christian. Uh, it will be more productive for the both of you rather than going at it separately. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Great. Thank you, guys. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe, and share, please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.